You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hello, everybody, and welcome in to a Tuesday, October 19th edition of the Unreasonable Odds podcast. We missed Monday this week, um, and I'm also co-hostless. Uh, I'm, I'm flying solo, Julian Edlow here. You can find me on Twitter at Julian Edlow. You can follow the Unreasonable Odds podcast on Twitter at Unreasonable Odd. Um, it will not be all myself today, although I will be brief going over NFL. Um college football, MLB, I forgot, I'm giving in some, ML, I'm giving out some MLB, and NBA. I'll just be sitting here talking to myself for the majority of the program, um, but there's a big college football game coming up, um, which we will bring our producer Samir in for, and as always, we're treating this as a Monday show, so we will have odds on with Johnny Avello um, and kind of look behind the book and talk to Johnny a little bit for that. Um, so starting with NFL, uh, or starting with, you know, week week six cash it or trash it cash it was basically my my college football card i know steve did very well in nfl i went six and one in college football um over nine units that went great just when you are feeling well let's remember trash it literally didn't win an nfl bet on sunday dolphins no uh chargers ravens over chargers leave us with six points that's a no sharp side i sided with the books on the browns way off Sided with the books going with the Patriots. That kind of capped off the day. We can't even get plus four in, in overtime. Um, so gross NFL day. Um, we'll talk to Johnny Avello, um, Racing Sportsbook uh, Director at DraftKings Sportsbook. <clears throat> so pretty much cashed, the, uh, cashed the, the college football card for me, trashed the NFL card for me. There's not much more to, to go over. Um, but we will peek into, we'll do college football uh, after we talk to Johnny Avello. I will take a peek at previewing the week seven NFL board right now because <clears throat> this will be quick. I don't like it very much. Thursday night football, we've got these way over-advertised Broncos and Browns defense going head-to-head, the total all the way down to 42 and a half. Um, some injuries on offense, but honestly, if I played anything here, it would be the over because these defenses have been so bad in the last couple of weeks, the spread shrinks from six to three and a half, not much of a take on Thursday night football. Then you get to Sunday and we have got massive favorites <coughs> all over the place. Nine and a half point favorites Packers at home against Washington. We've got the Rams sitting over two touchdown favorites hosting the lions. 
we have got the Bucks, 12-point favorites over the Bears at home. And we've got the undefeated Arizona Cardinals, 17.5-point home favorites over the Houston Texans. Huge favorites. Some other weird games on, on this card. Here's where I have looked early. Um, I, I don't like this Patriots team very much right now. They've only beat the Jets and the Texans, um, and they've, you know, contended against the Bucks and the Cowboys and, and looked the part at times, but they just can't get there and get the wins. I, I don't see why this Patriots team wouldn't continue to beat up on the Jets. The Patriots are 0-4 at home. They haven't won a home game yet this season. They host the Jets. They were five-and-a-half-point favorites at New York. Won that game 25-6, to I believe. Picked off Zach Wilson four times. If there's a spot that, that Mac Jones can open it up, this has to be the spot at home against this Jets defense. The Patriots are gross right now. They've been awful at home. I'm going to lay the six and a half with the Patriots at home over the Jets. Um, as my phone vibrates here and get some NBA news that you'll hear by the time you listen to this, Ben Simmons suspended one game for conduct detrimental to the team. That's going to be a very interesting start for the Philadelphia 76ers. This season with Ben Simmons there. Um, all right, so back to NFL. Like, these these favorites are so big that you can't even tease them. So, yeah, I'm going to lay the six and a half with the Pats. That's a good teaser piece. I just don't know what I would want to pair it with. I did pair it with the Bills on Monday Night Football. I told you I lost all my bets. So, the Bills, <laughs> Bills went down. I went down. So, Patriots are a teaser piece, but I'm fine laying the six and a half. The other one is gross. <clears throat> but I think I'm going to bet the Falcons money line on the road against the Dolphins, um, minus 135, I think it is. The Falcons look ahead, we're plus three, now they're minus two and a half. I don't want to lay any points, but I'll, I'll play them as, as small favorites on the money line. This is at Miami, but the Falcons were in London, won that game over the Jets. They get the bye week. They get Calvin Ridley back. They should be prepared for this game. The Dolphins, the team that goes to London, always takes a bye. The Jaguars are on bye this week. The Dolphins, for some reason, have elected to play coming back from London um, and did not look good in London, obviously losing to the Jags. Tua did not look good. Um, the secondary is dinged up, which with Kyle Pitts, uh, Calvin Ridley, that can get ugly. I think this is an awful spot for the Miami Dolphins. And it has to be an awful, awful spot for a team. If you're going to back the Atlanta Falcons on the road and I'm backing the Atlanta Falcons on the road. So Falcons money line, Pats minus six and a half. Those are the two spots that jump out to me early in NFL. Um, but we'll get back to that Thursday with Steve Buchanan with a guest. Um, but right now, speaking of guests, let's send it to our uh, one of our favorite segments here. Get some inside info behind DraftKings Sportsbook. Let's do some odds are with Johnny Avella. Right, a special Tuesday edition of Unreasonable Odds. Not Monday, but we are still bringing Johnny Avello in uh, for Odds Are with Johnny Avello, the director of race and sportsbook operations at DraftKings Sportsbook. Johnny, how you doing on this Tuesday? Excellent, Julian. Thank you. Good to hear. Um, all right, so another wild weekend in the NFL. We start off. Jags actually win a game in London. Then we go to the early window. Every single favorite covers, usually great news for the public. 
Um, two favorites that I really liked in the late window, the Browns and the Broncos could not even come close for me. Things get weird in that late window. And then the Patriots and Cowboys, one of the wild, uh, wildest finishes that you will ever see to a game this season. Um, excluding the Sunday night and Monday game, because we'll get to those. How was, how was Sunday for the book? Well, as far as the win loss for the house went, we took a pretty good bath. And it wasn't, you know, just a bird bath, Julian. It was one of the, the blue wheel varieties. So the good news is that the handle was excellent and the players' pockets are full for the upcoming weeks. All right. So for me personally, I usually, I kind of play, I, I was on, I found myself on like the sharp, quote unquote, I'm using air quotes this, this week, uh, the Browns, the Patriots, none of them worked out. Usually I always have, you know, a Chiefs Broncos or a Chiefs Rams teaser there in the early window. Of course, I passed this weekend and the public cleans up. But I asked you to hold off on Sunday Night Football and Monday Night Football for a reason, because those games, it just shows how quickly things kind of come come back and, and regress. The book, I'm sure, needed um, needed Seattle as a dog without Russell Wilson. They wind up covering that one. And then uh, Tennessee outright on, on Monday night football. How did those results kind of help get things back? Well, yeah, when you go back to the early Sunday games, it started with the Chiefs, which rolled over to the Packers, Ravens and Rams. And then in the afternoon, uh, the, the Cardinals and the Cowboys were the choice. And then it was topped off with the Steelers in the nightcap. Now you go, all of that goes into Monday night as a huge liability. Um, and so the, the bills were a liability for us. I mean, a really one of the biggest liabilities we've had on a Monday night. And fortunately, uh, you know, the, the Titans end up pulling off the upset and killing a lot of things that were tied in. So, um, that worked out well for us. One of the few that worked out well for us for the entire weekend. All right. So the bills got some money back for the book. What, you know, last week you told me it was the Packers against the Bengals, which teaser or money line piece um, did the most damage won won the public, the most money. No question. It was the chiefs. The chiefs kind of just started the whole thing off. Uh, we couldn't stop the chief money come from coming in both on the spread and on the money line. So they were the most popular choice, certainly of the week of, of Sunday's card. Yep. Patrick Mahomes, generally a popular pick. Um, all right. So next week on the NFL card, we have more teams going on by fewer games and the games that we do have, we have massive favorites. The Rams last I looked laying over two TDs at home against the lions, the bucks floating around that two touchdown range against the bears. The Cardinals are up over 17 and a half, 17 point favorites at home against the Texans. The Packers at one point in time, I did see were double digits at home against Washington. Now it's dipped just under that. Um, what do you expect on weeks like this with so many projected blowouts? Do betters kind of look for other games to get their money uh, or are they going to lay these numbers and uh, are we going to have some good handle on these massive favorites? Those four you mentioned will be commingled on the money line for large dollars and also tees. Uh, the slate overall is it's pretty weak as far as matchups are concerned, but it's the it's NFL Sunday and the betters are flush with cash. So uh, 
they'll find their spots, Julian. That might be first half, alternative lines, in-game, but overall handle will most likely be down a tick compared to the previous weeks because of those fewer games. All right, I'm doing something on the fly right now. I'm on DraftKings Sportsbook. Oh, it's not quite as low as I was hoping it would be to get people involved. I was doing a Packers, Rams, Cardinals, Bucks money line parlay for week seven in the NFL. It comes out to, as we record on Tuesday afternoon, minus 159 for a 14 money line parlay. That's how you know you have some big favorites on the board. I was thinking if that was down at like the minus 125 range, people would be getting on, on board on that. Minus 159, maybe not. No, they're going to jump on board because they're going to think at, it's free money. Okay. At that <laughs> price, laying the minus 160. Wow. Um, I'm not going to tell you any of those four teams are going to lose. So I'm not going to tell you it's not free money. But uh, when you're laying a buck 60 on four outcomes to win the game, that's, uh, that's steep. Yes, it is. <laughs> um, all right. As we do every week, uh, looking forward to the next week here. Um Where's the early money been in, in week seven uh, so far? Well, uh, the Packers are taking money at home uh, versus the Washington football team. That game opened pack seven. It's elevated to nine and a half. Uh, the Bucks are also playing at home, the Bears. 30 early choice. That game's going from 10 up to 13 and most likely not stopping there. Um, one underdog that is getting play is the Colts at the 49ers with Garoppolo and Lance uh, both questionable. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, that's where some of the action's been so far. All right. Uh, and what lines do you expect to move the most by kickoff? And with that, and the Vikings are on by this week, so we can't say them. Are we going to have any games that switch favorites? Uh, yeah, the switch of favorite has happened in a few weeks. Uh, one game's already switched favorites is the Atlanta at Miami. Yeah. The Dolphins opened up two and a half and the Falcons are now two and a half. Uh, there's a reason for that, of course. The Dolphins have been playing poorly. The Falcons, it's not that they've been playing great, but probably a little bit better with a win last week. Um, this may come back some before kickoff, but not a complete switch of favorites again. I will say, I got, I got on Falcons at a, at a pick here. I wish I had gotten the look ahead at the plus three for Atlanta, but I don't know if I've ever seen this. So Atlanta's last game was in London, um, but they've had the bye now to, to reset. They're going to get Calvin Ridley back. Miami lost in London last week and is not taking a bye here. I don't remember this happening, and they're playing. I think that that, that has to play a huge role. Just take the teams out of it, just spot-wise on why this Atlanta money's coming in, right? Yeah, um, maybe that's maybe that's one of the reasons. I think the biggest reason is that, you know, the 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 Dolphins just lose to, uh, you know, one of the. I don't want to. I don't like to call anybody the worst team in football, but they were the on team, a twenty-game losing streak. He <laughs> hasn't played well, and so their power rating certainly has declined. And Atlanta's it's not that Atlanta's has spiked, but it's it's held pat, maybe even going up a tick. Saying that the Jaguars are not playing good football is a very fair way to put it. Um, all right. We've yet to talk any college football in this segment, but I do want to dip into it uh, a little bit this week. Um, it's something that I've really gotten into over the last few years, and I noticed a lot of other betters seem to be getting into college football over the last few years. Um, I don't think it's just me. How has the college football handle been, been growing at DK Sportsbook? 
Uh, it's outstanding. Um, you know, there certainly are betters that bet both NFL and college football, but there are some that just focus on college only. And the reason for that is, you know, and I know this from making numbers and how they change, the variables change so much from week to week, and it's about spotting those factors. Uh, and some are very good at it. Uh, now you can bet college on Wednesdays, Thursdays, Fridays to go along with the traditional Saturdays. And pretty soon we'll have college on Tuesday. So we almost have it every day of the week. We had Tuesday night college football last week. Um, it is there. All right. <clears throat> a specific game that I want to talk about quickly. Clemson was a huge favorite against Pittsburgh on the look-ahead lines prior to the season. They were a one-point favorite on the look-ahead line last week uh, going to the Pitt Panthers here. Clemson 0-6 against the spread. They're failing to cover by nearly 12 points per game. They can't seem to score the ball. The Panthers are 5-1 and against the spread. They are covering by over 12 points per week. Um, were last week's results for these two teams, Clemson only winning by three at Syracuse, Pitt, an impressive, uh, another impressive road win by, by three touchdowns. Were those the results that finally pushed uh, Pittsburgh into becoming the favorite here? Well, firstly, this is a pretty big midseason game here with Clemson 3-1 and one in the ACC Atlantic, and then you got Pitt 2-0 and oh in the ACC Coastal. Yep. Uh, Clemson hasn't been scoring, and it, it's losses to, you know, number one Georgia. They lose to uh, 17th-ranked NC State, but it's wins over Georgia Tech, Clemson, BC, Syracuse. They're concerning, Julian. I mean, they're, you know, they're squeakers. Um Pitt's schedule has been pretty soft, but the team is averaging. You mentioned 48 points a game, uh, and quarterback Kenny Pickett's just been amazing. I think he's got 20 TDs, maybe only one interception. Uh, but, you know, now will the old Clemson Tigers show up? Uh, we'll see, but betters are betting on current trends now, and the trend is that Pitt is just a better football team, at least visually what we've seen so far. And I, spoiler alert, we're going to talk some college football in the next segment, but I'm on, I'm on pit. I'm laying the three points here. So my question to you is, do you expect any sharp action to come back on Clemson? Am I going to be able to get a better number later in the week? If that thing gets too high? Yeah, certainly. Yes. Um, you know, the Clemson is coached well, the players are still there. It's just that things just haven't gone right this year. Uh, now this is a big game. And uh, nobody's going to prepare this team better. Uh, so they're going to be ready to play. This thing gets a little too high or crosses key numbers. Yes. Uh, I could see Sharps coming back. Yes. All right. We'll see where it goes. Uh, last college football one, we got Alabama bounced back from a loss in strong fashion against Mississippi State. Ended that one uh, 49 to 9. I think the final was Tennessee. Ugly game at home, lost to Ole Miss, failed to cover. There were some injuries in the game. There was some fan rioting in the game that that slowed that one up. Um, Alabama, when I wrote these questions up for you on Monday, was a 27.5-point favorite. They've come down a few points here um, in this Saturday night matchup. We all know the Alabama first-half trend. They're, uh, I believe, 6-1 and one now against the first-half number. So my question to you, I'm a hand up. I'm a huge Alabama backer, but I love to do it on that first half line because Nick Saban can take his foot off the gas. But now with a loss, he can't take his foot off the gas as much. And we kind of saw that last week with the 49 to nine. Um, 
my question for you is what goes in to setting these Alabama first half lines because they can get so, you know, you can see 17 for the game and 11 for the half. And obviously everybody knows that Alabama is covering these first halves and taking their foot off the gas. So what goes into setting an Alabama first half number? There's been plenty of years when the tides first half have not been so good. So, you know, us, us bookmakers don't get caught up in a year or two trend like this. Uh, we, we open this game 27 tied. We're down now to 25, as you mentioned. Um, and there's a formula that we use for first half. For instance, uh, if 21's the whole game spread, the first half's going to probably be around 12, could be as high as 13. For 24, the whole game, it would be 13, possibly 13 and a half. We're going to open this first half at 14, and I presume we'll get a push up to 14 and a half because of all the things you've been mentioning. Fair enough. Um, <clears throat> all right, MLB postseason rolling on. Great ALCS. Boston up now two to one on the Astros. The Dodgers finding themselves in that surprising 2 0 hole returning home. Um, maybe baseball needs to fix some rules. You got a 106 win team opening a series at an 88 win team. <laughs> Can't say that I agree with that. Braves, New World Series favorites. I actually need to look at that. Um, Braves are still the World Series favorites, correct? Even with Boston's win? Yep. Okay. Yes. Um, so what the handle on these championship series, how has that been for starters? The baseball handle continues to be impressive. Uh, and those Braves-Dodgers matchups have been nail biters so far, right? We are not in a particularly great spot when you look at, you know, the futures. You mentioned the uh, Braves being a favorite. We'll see if that actually holds up throughout. Um, you know, we've got, uh, you know, we got some hazards on some other teams there, but baseball handles just been uh, phenomenal and all season long and through the playoffs, even though football's uh, going on. And I don't expect that to change with basketball hitting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. The Braves are the World Series favorites right now, and yet all they have to do is lose a road game at Dodger Stadium to Walker Bueller to no longer be the favorites. Right. I don't know if that's going to hold up. Um, all right, so you mentioned the futures really really quickly. What are the book's biggest needs in the future market in, in, uh, in MLB? You mentioned some liability on the Red Sox last week. They've been looking pretty good. Yeah, we're not in particularly great shape on other teams besides the Red Sox also. I don't know if you remember, we took that 250K bet on the Astros at 16 to 1, right? And then the Dodgers have been bet all year long from day one. So the Braves would be the best result. Um, well, can the Braves get there? Right. Favorites now? Will they be favorites at the end? Yes. Um, all right, last one. As you mentioned, NBA tipping off here on Tuesday, October 19th. Um, how's NBA handle looking so far? Because this is the busiest time of the year. We got all the football going on. Hockey has started and we got MLB playoffs going. So our betters getting in on this two game Tuesday card, all the other games on Wednesday. Love this time of the year, Julian, you know, football, Me baseball, too. playoffs, hockey kick, uh, off and now, and now, uh, NBA, uh, I'm expecting a monster handle on opening night. Um, you know, the next Bucks switch favorites, the Bucks were one. Now the Nets are one and a, we're one and a half. Now back the Bucks one. So that game we're fairly balanced at, but you know, we've exposed a few numbers. And then the second contest with the Warriors, the Lakers, we're fairly balanced on that one as of now. 
but that's going to change by tip off. Yep. And that, that, um, switching favorites in, in Brooklyn, Milwaukee, I assume some of that has to do with Kyrie Irving officially being out. Yeah, I, I just think the Nets were our popular choice. We know that you know, Kyrie Irving played in when, – when did those three guys even play together last year except for the playoffs, eight, right? So, eight or nine yeah. times, not much. Yeah, so, so I don't think that was really it. I just think it, they they liked the Nets early, but then uh, another group came in and liked the Bucks. Um, all right, last thing before we let you go, Johnny. We we know about the 250K on Houston, on the Astros, in the MLB futures market. Any big ones swooping in so far in NBA before the season tips off? Uh, nothing like that yet, uh, <laughs> but, th- but there will be some of those uh, during the course of the year. The Nets have been taking solid action, uh, you know, since we put the future up. They're the favorite, and the Lakers are right behind them, and that's typical because – we seem to see that pattern uh, every year with the Lakers and, and actually the Nets too now for a couple of years. Yep. All right. That is Odds Are with Johnny Avello. Johnny, thank you for the time and we'll talk to you next week. You're welcome, Julian. Talk again soon. All right. Thank you, Johnny. Um, let's get into this college football board what is it week eight uh not that much that jumps out to me um kind of like the nfl card I, I don't like this week that much in football i'll probably go light that goes well with you know mlb playoffs are going well for me nba starting up so this kind of works out well for a lighter week in football two or three spots circled in in college football um you know laying points on the road in an acc game not the best but <clears throat> and I like a couple of ACC games, uh, as you'll you'll see. NC State, big blowout victory on the road on Saturday night at Boston College. Now they're laying three at Miami. Miami had a chance to kick a field goal to tie on the road against UNC as over a touchdown underdog. They elected to go for it, did not get it, um, and, and lost that game to the Tar Heels. They did cover. Miami just hasn't shown me uh, enough this year. They, they don't really have any signature win. Um, they've been a little bit better against the spread. But NC State, that defense, uh, their only real letdown spot was on the road against Mississippi State SEC competition. They've got the home win over Clemson. They've got the road win over BC. They've got a good defense. They've been pretty solid. I, I don't necessarily see Miami, who down the quarterback. They've got receivers transferring. They've got injuries on both sides of the ball. Maybe a little bit of a letdown spot for, for NC State, but I'll, I'll lay the three here. This is going to be, you know, a one or two unit, smaller smaller bet for me, but I will lay the points with NC State on the road um, in Miami there. Now, <clears throat> we got Alabama first half back in a big way last week. They covered the full game easily at, um, at Mississippi State. We were just talking about 49 to 9. The final there i actually am doing this on the fly because i have not looked up um the first half line here so let's see what first bama first half is because as we record this i think this came out today um alabama this numbers come down for the game it's now 14 and a half for the first half so you need them to lead by more than two touchdowns they're hosting tennessee tennessee was a mess last week against old miss um lost the game didn't cover ugly scene on on the field um quarterback Hendon Hooker for Tennessee got hurt 
towards the end of that game. Um, Alabama is going to stomp Tennessee in this game. Uh, it's just a question of if you want to back the full game or, or back the half. Now that Alabama has that loss on their resume, they don't have the cushion to let up at all like they, they previously could. Um, so I'll back Alabama uh, either first half or full game. I'll have it in my best bets article there. Um, but finally, for what will be my biggest bet of the week and one of my bigger plays of the college football season, uh, you know, I need somebody else to talk this one through with. So our producer, Samir, is a Pitt alum. We're going to the ACC, Clemson against Pitt, for a game that Clemson was heavily favored in on the look-ahead line. Last week, this was a pick'em, Pitt plus one. Now we're looking at Pitt minus three, hosting Clemson. Clemson is an underdog in ACC play this year. We did not think we would be here. Samir, come on in, and let's discuss your Pitt Panthers here. There he is, behind the scenes with Samir at DraftKings HQ. Before we went on, so I'll start. I'm on pit minus three, and I'll get into some reasoning later. Before we came on, you said that this is the classic spot where pit falls on its face. Why? So, yeah, I've been, um, for better or worse, a pit Panther fan now for going on 10 years. And um, this is a classic in, in multiple sports, but primarily football, when they start to show you something, when they have a really a nice signature win. They start to crack the top 25. Once the eyes are all on them, this is usually where this team falls flat. And initially it was easily, easily chalked up to be like a coaching situation. Cause there was a lot of turnaround uh, in the early 2010s with the coaching situation head coach there, but Narduzzi has been here for a while. He's coached some uh, teams that have had some really good success against this Clemson team um, since he's been there. And I think that, you know, the, the fan in me is ready for the heartbreak, but everything, the eyes, the, the stats, everything that this team has done this year is, is showing that this, this is going to be a good spot for them. And I think that, I think that that minus three you're playing there is pretty good. All right. So here's why, here's why I, I like the number. Here's why I think that Pitt's going to win this game. Um, I like, I agree with you and I like what you're saying about potentially being a flat spot, but if we're setting a number for this game and taking the brand name off Clemson, the number is a lot bigger. That's the only, only thing that I'm going off of here. Like some, some metrics in college football that are respected still have Clemson as a top 10 team. And that just can't be. Um, <laughs> so I think they're getting too much, too much respect here. I think that Clemson just has too many cluster injuries, like same position injuries where they're down deep on third, fourth string guys that they didn't expect to, to be on the field. And so if this team was going, they lose the two games. We've never had a two, two loss team in the college football playoffs. So their, their championship hopes are toast, but if you're going to show something and say, Hey, let's finish the season strong. You're going to do it coming off the bye against a bad Syracuse team, a team that's not nearly as good as Pitt. And they go on the road and win that game by three as two touchdown favorites, 17 to 14, showing that they still can't score the ball. Clemson still has not scored more than 19 points in a regulation game. If you take out the home win against SC State, 49 nothing, I think it was. But they were over 50-point favorites in that game. They didn't even cover. So Clemson just hasn't shown it to me yet. They can't score. They're, they can't score more than 19 points, and Pitt has a pretty good defense. Clemson's 
defense is legit. They do have a lot of injuries on defense, but it's still legit. It can still, uh, you know, it it can still contend, but you tell me you will, you like Kenny Pickett for Heisman. This offense is clicking top five passing offense in the nation. Um, as I watch Steve Buchanan on MLB network right now, why he's not on the podcast popping up on my TV at Fenway park. Um, I like Clemson in this game. I like Pittsburgh in this game and they're avenging. They're always avenging, but they play Clemson tough. It was a 52 to 17 score last November. So they'll want some payback from that. And then here's, let's just do the numbers part, get that out of the way. Where's Clemson here at the bottom of college football ATS. They are 0 and 6 against the spread failing to cover by 11.8 points per game. We scroll all the way up to the top. Pittsburgh, five and one against the spread, covering by 12.8 points per game. The markets haven't caught up on these two teams. Now, the three is a big adjustment from preseason. That I don't care. Big bet for me. Pitt minus three. I have no faith in Clemson. I think that's fair. I think, like you said, Pitt, or excuse me, Clemson's been struggling to score the ball, and Pitt's coming in fourth in the ACC with points allowed per game at 20. So, not too far away defensively from what Clemson is capable of doing to Pitt's offense. You saw it against Virginia Tech, who's the number five team uh, in terms of points allowed in the ACC, just under Pitt at 20.2 points given up. So Pitt last week, they still, they beat them 28-7. Stronger showing in the second half for sure and made some halftime adjustments that that were able to do it. But I I just, like you said, I don't see where the points come from Clemson. And uh, a bet I really like in this game is uh, Jordan Addison, wide receiver, to score. He scored in every single game this season except against Virginia Tech uh, last week. And in multiple games, he has three touchdowns. So I believe he's sitting at nine right now on the season. Uh, This is, I think this is a good play um, if you're trying to tack on something else to keep it interesting for you. But um, yeah, I mean, I really don't know, like you said, with the injuries and just uncharacteristically bad offense for Clemson, I don't know where the points come from. Narduzzi is a defensive minded coach. They've obviously been a more uh, high profile offense this year than anything. I do love that Kenny Pickett Heisman pick. I've been on it all year. And uh, ever since we had Phil Steele on here uh, preseason, he was riding pit uh, high going into the season. And he, this was the game he had pointed out that would be a potential upset spot for Clemson. So I think anybody who's been paying attention to the ACC the last few years, seeing what's been happening in terms of everybody not named Clemson, this has kind of been something in the works. The defense has always been legitimate if not elite and uh, I think this is going to be the game that's going to finally put Pitt in the conversation for one of those teams to consider potentially I mean I know that's a really bad loss to Western Michigan but to sneak in the playoff maybe to at least be in the ACC championship game almost certainly they're the odds favorite there so this is big time and for like you said outside of the name with Clemson everything says that this should be a smash spot for Pitt I'm just worried about the moment because in moments past, this is the this is the type of situation that it would feel like Pitt would fall short. So let's not have that happen. I'm hoping that the fall flat on their face was the Western Michigan. Is that who it was? Western Michigan loss? Yes. That was after they beat Tennessee handily, was it? Yes. So I'm hoping that they kind of were no, riding high. It was actually... Yeah, it was after they beat Tennessee. Sorry. Right. I'm hoping they were riding high off the SEC win against Tennessee and then fell in their face against Western Michigan. And now it's not going to happen again, hopefully. 
hopefully. <laughs> um, all right. Thank you, Samir. That will uh, conclude our very special Pittsburgh Panthers segment. We rarely have one of those, but we had one this week. Hail to Pitt. Um, all right. I'm going to wind us down very quickly with some MLB baseball. Tuesday night, game four, Red Sox lead the Astros two to one in this series. I cannot believe that the Astros are putting Zach Granke out here for this game. I'm smashing the Red Sox first five innings. Money line, minus 125. I'm taking the over four and a half team total on them. This lineup hits 341 against Granky. Um, let's see, eight home runs and 98 at bats. Um, Granky and his Granky's pitched 12.1 innings at Fenway Park, allowed 14 runs. He's pitched like once in a month. This guy's not going to be ready for this game against a red hot. Red Sox offense. Um, Granky alone on the mound is enough for me to take the over four and a half team total. You can play over two and a half in the first five if you want. I think that's <clears throat> fair. The way things are going for the Red Sox, they'll hit a grand slam in the first couple of innings anyway. Um, and then if you want just some Pavetta stats on why you want to be on the Pavetta side of things um, versus Granky. He's been really good. He had a quality start against Houston this year. We saw how jacked up he was off the bench, pick, pitching in extras against Tampa in a big spot at Fenway Park. And this Astros lineup, limited exposure, but they are 7 for 32 against him. That's hitting 190, no homers in any of those at-bats. They haven't seen that much of him. I think the Red Sox at home have a good thing going right now. Um, I think we're going to see more of the same at Fenway Park. So I'm all over the Red Sox on Tuesday. All right, guys, if you came into the NBA Best Bets article on Tuesday, October 19th for opening night, two-game slate, Nets at Bucks, Warriors at Lakers, <clears throat> you will notice that there are no plays. It sends you right to the Unreasonable Odds podcast because you have to come in and listen to this podcast for my two sides on opening night. Thank you for coming in and listening. I hope that we get a couple of winners here. Um, it's opening night. These are two good games. I'm playing these ones a little bit smaller. These are like half unit, maybe three quarter unit plays. Um, but I do have two sides. And I'm going to go with the Brooklyn Nets on the road in this early one. Um, as you heard Johnny mention, this game maybe switched favorites a little bit because Kyrie Irving is not playing. I don't mind that at all. This Nets roster is deep. It's healthy right now with James Harden, with Kyrie Irving. You got a role player like Patty Mills to fill in there for a guy like Kyrie. You have LaMarcus Aldridge coming back to this team. You have Paul Millsap coming back to this team. This team's deep, very deep. And Milwaukee, maybe an emotional night getting their rings. Uh, you know how, how champions tend to do on opening nights, and that's an all-sports thing, not just NBA. Um, but we've seen it plenty of times in the past in the NBA. And you have Brooklyn kind of getting revenge for that series that they probably should have won. Uh, so I'm taking the Nets, forget the one and a half points. I'll take them plus 105 on the money line in Milwaukee in the first game. Second game, we're seeing a lot of movement here. Um, uh, personally, I locked up the Warriors plus five. I wish I got this one out earlier. We're looking at three and a half. So we're officially going to play it as Warriors plus three and a half at the Lakers. No Clay Thompson for the Warriors. He's not ready yet. Lakers, uh, probably a better team than, than the Warriors. LeBron, 
AD. They bring in Carmelo. They bring in Russell Westbrook. Um, they bring in all kinds of talent this season. But as they said in preseason, and they did not look good in preseason, this is going to take time to gel. And I believe that it will take time to gel. Whereas the Warriors have a very deep lineup. Um, they've got Steph Curry. They have Draymond Green. Obviously, no play yet, but he'll get there. But then you have all types of guys on, on the wing here for Golden State. Andrew Wiggins is, is ready to go. Um, you know, you've, you've got size with, with guys like Wiseman and other bodies that they've, they've brought in. I like the spot for the Warriors here on the road to come out and make a statement to start the season, potentially win this game, but certainly keep it within the number. I think this is going to be down to the wire. So road dogs on opening night. They've been profitable uh, in, in the long term, and we're going to go with those two sides here on opening night and before i let you go i put this one on twitter a week ago because i knew it would move and it's already moving so i'm gonna bring it up again my bigger play is going to be on wednesday my favorite play of all, all the opening games bulls bulls minus three i played it at, at pistons um it's up to three and a half on dk sportsbook you want to grab this one it is going to move the bulls bring in lonzo ball the bulls bring in demar Derozan to go with vucevic to go with Levine, they have plenty of talent. The Pistons draft Kate Cunningham, number one overall. He hurt his ankle in preseason. He's going to take some time to get adjusted to the NBA, and Detroit just doesn't have enough talent. So I'm laying the points with the Bulls. Road favorite there on, on Wednesday night. Um, thank you guys for listening in to the Unreasonable Odds podcast. Sorry it was just me rambling at you for most of the show, but thank you to Samir for coming on and talking some college football, our producer. Thank you to Johnny Avello for coming on, and we'll be back on Thursday as usual with my co-host Steve Buchanan and uh, a guest to talk some NFL Week 7. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.